right, welcome back to the MVP podcast. Today we have another special guest where we've had uh, the pleasure of back-to-back sports executives uh, here for the podcast. And today we have Adam White, who is the CEO and founder of Front Office Sports. For those of you are, who are unaware of Front Office Sports, uh, they have been one of the most trusted voice in sports media. The site was recognized by Forbes as one of the top 50 must-follow sports business Twitter accounts in 2015, 2016, and 2017. And Adam, who is our special guest today, was recognized as a Forbes 30 under 30 in the sports category for 2018. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, as a devout subscriber of your uh, your, you. your your new site, there, um, you know, one of the things that we like to talk about as as you know, establishing uh, our guests' background, um, you know, we just want to hear a little bit about you know what led you to uh, developing front office sports and and what that journey has been like uh, from the onset. Yeah, really, uh, you know, kind of all started when I was back at Miami, the University of Miami, where I went to school and kind of, you know, did the did the thing, the traditional college experience really, I think was untraditional for me in a sense that when I was there, after my freshman year, really during my freshman year, our teacher at the time, professor, excuse me, one of the class projects we had was that we had to do an informational interview with people who were working in and around sports. So I was like, all right, cool. That's easy. Not a problem. I like to talk to people, whatever. The whole idea of the project was that, as you may know, and other people who may be listening, is that at that time, I think it's a little bit different now. At the time, it was really about not what you knew, but who you knew mm-hmm. uh, in the space to kind of get your foot in or, or what, what have you. And so my whole thesis was that, okay, instead of doing just one of these, why don't I do a bunch of these? And if I do a bunch of these, I'm going to have a network of people that by the time I graduate, I'll be able to walk right into a job. That was the whole thing was I want to walk right into a job. I didn't want to have to wait. I didn't want to have to do any of these other things. So it's just like, for me, it was, it was like, okay, if I'm going to be competing with a bunch of people, what can I do to make sure that I know enough people in the space? And then I could also build some like eh, visibility for myself. So if I walked into a room and I was like, Oh, I do front office sports. People will be like, "Oh, front office sports. I know front office sports. Mm-hmm. Definitely." Now we have something automatically in contact. So, uh, in common. And so that's that's how it all started. I did 110 informational interviews my first year, uh, and really the evolution of it over the course of the last few years is all driven driven by what people wanted. People asked us, "Hey, can you start doing newsletter? Hey, can you start doing news? Hey, can you start doing this? Can you start doing that? Can you start doing this and that and this and that?" Uh, and you know, we started to build on top of all of those things and 2018, we had the opportunity to, you know, to get some investment by a chance, you know, kind of encounter and ended up working out. We mo- I moved to New York in 2019, January of 2019, we hired our first full-time employee. Um, and, uh, yeah, from kind of just started from there. So really we've been doing it since 14 in total. But I've we've been a full time actual fully functioning business since Jan one of nineteen. So some type of you know context and, and even for me sometimes hard to kind of like put in 
uh, perspective because you forget that yeah you've been you've been doing it for so long but it's really only been a business and where you want it to be recently for like a year and two months prior to COVID and then you know now six months later into COVID so we were just starting to get up to really good speed prior to COVID and then obviously everyone has to adjust from there. Yeah we're uh, I think we we are all going to take a mulligan on 2020. Yes, I would agree. You know, you can reset your, your clock, but, um, you know, especially in the startup world, you know, you hear yeah. about companies going, you know, being in stealth for X amount of years and then launching. And so, you know, I can relate completely in terms of um, really setting the clock at, at a start time at, at two different periods, right? So you, you have the formation of the company and at least the concept and the idea, and you could be doing it on a practical level at some point. But then, yeah. you know, for us, it took us uh, maybe six to seven months to land that first account or that first client. And uh, so I always joke and say that, you know, 2013 was really our start because that's yeah. when we kind of brought a product to life to the NBA. And it's like, okay, we were on the map there. Everything else prior to that was just, uh, you know, all the groundwork and, and what have you. But it's all a part of the journey as, as we were, were both learning and have learned. And so, um, yeah, totally, totally relate to that. So, so that's pretty interesting in terms of um, what a story in, in taking coursework from college into uh, a career. That, that's pretty unique. And so, you know, obviously there's no shortage of sports content, especially yep. sports media out there in yep. the world. And, yep. you know, even on the professional side, you know, you can look to your uh, sports business journal or um, some other trades. But what would you say front office sports competitive advantage is and what makes you a little bit more unique than what's out there in the market? Yeah, I think it's just really, if you look at it and you're, I wouldn't say critical, but if you look at it and you look at all of them across the board, excuse me, sorry, need a second set of coffee or something Friday <laughs> afternoon, Yeah, you got a yawn on. Um, yeah, so really at the end of the day, it comes with the fact that I think there's two things. One, we are really big on social, every channel that we tr that we do is organic right we tr we treat it organically and natively right so we what we do on instagram is going to be very different than what we do on twitter which is going to be very different than what we do on linkedin i don't think anyone else does that um and then outside of that it's it's you know the newsletter and the inbox again basically it comes down to creating content for people to consume natively across different channels right. and understanding that as long as you like you can build a big business if you have four or five or six different native channels that are, are growing and then you can monetize them. So yeah, I think that's the one, like that's the one overarching thing, which is a, a couple different points inside. Okay. All right. Another yeah, quite okay. You know, next time we're going to have to do the happy hour. Yeah. You know? Yes. You know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Three o'clock on a the, Friday. I need the coffee hour, the coffee <laughs> hour. That's what it is. Um, and so, yeah, so that, and then at the end of the, uh, the the other side of the spectrum is really that I think the approach from a coverage of the space is different where our coverage is generally rooted in the industry and then adjacent industries that are impacted by sports. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, tech, finance, retail, and covering it like a business publication right. versus saying, okay, we're going to cover the sports industry and subsets of the sports industry, like ticketing, venues and facilities, Right. That type of stuff, because we believe that there's a bigger opportunity outside of that. And there's nothing wrong with the the, com the publications that do it in the way I just mentioned. It's just 
if we want to build a differentiated business, we can't do it the same way because we're going to do it the same way. We're all writing the same stories. So it really doesn't make sense. So that is kind of how we would say that there's the differentiation or the difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one, one of the things that I'm, I'm most impressed with is uh, the fact that you guys are so ahead of the normal news channels or the tickers and someone not in the media in the traditional sense that that you're operating in uh you know i'm not too familiar with what happens or how stories are released or what is leaked first or what the priority is but you know it seems to be that you guys have a, a pretty good system and whether that's an algorithm or some other partnerships or whatever it may be shy of you know disclosing your secret sauce maybe talk to us a little bit about you know how you're able to kind of keep ahead of the general news cycle and and have these breaking stories at, at such a uh, a common pace oops uh i mean yeah i think it really comes down to just having good reporters uh, i think we have you know a group of those and have been able to leverage that i also just think it's it, it's weird but oftentimes the fact that we're active on social makes us seem like we're faster to stories than we really are oh, interesting uh and so again it's just like th th that's the whole thing is is how do we win with speed how do we win the inbox and how do we win on social it's like as long as we do that everything else will find its way out if we don't do that then we're going to lose across the board um and so that for me is the is the biggest issue sure. and yeah. the biggest i would say not even just issue but that's the biggest i say it's kind of like a a front but in some cases, it is, right? Like, you, we are quicker on social than others. And so because of that, it gives people a perception that we may be bigger than we actually are. And for years, people have thought we were 50, 60-person, you know, media company just because of how much we put out across different platforms. And it's really just with the understanding of that, the, the how the platforms work. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting and fascinating point in terms of social, because uh, even the way social media is leveraged as a platform as, from a user base, uh, you know, even if you think about human resource, cultural uh, company policy, where, you know, back in 2008, 2009, you know, you would be chastised if you kept up your news feed or your Facebook page or your Twitter page, you know, at the office because that, that was personal information and, you know, that's your time. But now, I mean, I think uh, each and every one of us keeps our, our Twitter feed up live and running uh, throughout the day as that go-to news source. Um, so that, that's, that's pretty fascinating to hear. And that, you know, and that's probably where I'm getting my assessment too, because as someone that kind of keeps Twitter on in the background and getting your alerts and, and just keeping privy to the, to the market, uh, a few different markets really. Um, you know, I, I, I could see where your, your, the impression is that, that you are first because you're, you are so active on that note. Yeah, for sure. It's again, it's just all about perception, right? Like our whole thing is, is we want you to wake up with our brand right, with the newsletter. We want you to go on Twitter and see our brand. We want you to go on LinkedIn and see our brand. We want you to read like, so by the time you're done with the day, you're like, holy cow, I saw FOS like in 50 different places. Right. And everywhere they are. And it's just like, that's, that's again, it's just I, I want to say it's a competitive advantage because we're so active in all of those areas. Yeah. And so have you, and, and, and I, I guess based generationally, you, you've really, you know, grew up in the, in the air, you know, in the, the high times of uh, social media, have you and your colleagues 
changed your philosophy as to what platforms that you leverage over others and, you know, the emergence of TikTok, for example? Are, are you using those type of social media sites to kind of convey the news or uh, create that following? Yeah, I mean, for us, TikTok is probably something we will never get into. Um, <laughs> okay. It just doesn't make really that much sense for us to be on. You can only be on so many just like Snapchat and, right. and the like. And so I think at the end of the day, it comes down to a, a couple key ones, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn being the main ones, Instagram from, you know, we think there's a, a big crossover audience there. And I think there's a, you know, just a bigger opportunity to grow and be more strategic there. But yeah, for a fact, I mean, it's definitely, I think, the most interesting one's LinkedIn. Because um, yep. I, I just think there's fewer people who treat LinkedIn like a true social platform. Right. And if you do, the the rewards are great. So we've seen that, you know, be really, be really, I wouldn't say explosive, but really helpful overall. Because it's definitely been something that's um, underutilized by others. But if it's overutilized by you you're like i said you're going to see the rewards from it so right, right. that's been something that's been a really good surprise um you know i think we're going to be at the point where we're we have more followers on linkedin than we do on twitter and i've been tweeting when i was running the account consistently since 2014 and we just started posting on linkedin in 19 oh wow. so yeah yeah big difference yeah it's funny i um i just spoke to uh our, our marketing lead here. And, um, you know, we're kind of looking at uh, LinkedIn as a platform for, you know, various navigation tools, you know, on the sales end and, and what have you. And um, one of the things, you know, personally, my LinkedIn profile probably has the highest engagement of all of the things that I'm on, you know, and I'm not an influencer by any stretch of the imagination, or nor do I attempt to be one. But um, when LinkedIn is used properly, it is such a great platform for professionals, for um, networking and, and really exchanging information and, and, and contacts and opportunity. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're right there with you in terms of uh, where we think LinkedIn is, is going. And, you know, I hope um, for the sake of, uh, you, you know, sanity and keeping things professional that LinkedIn does not fall down the path of, you know, morphing into a, a Facebook platform because, you know, uh, I think over the uh, the last political season um, and one approaching now, uh, you know, things got a little dicey on the platform with a lot of personal opinion and just banter and, and just kind of inappropriate um, messaging and in use of the of the platform. So I, I hope that there's, you know, they, they have some lessons to learn, you know, uh, you know, from other platforms and, uh, you know, it stays professional. Um, have you, uh, you know, in terms of your engagement, um, generally speaking, LinkedIn is you're going to have, you know, ilk-minded people. And um, have you had any, uh, in terms of engagement, any, any, conflict or you know what's your engagement like when it when it comes to maybe opinion pieces and then everyone has you know with sports i feel like there's even more passion <laughs> to an opinion than than other uh industries so ha have you had any experience one way or the other with that no i mean mostly pretty positive i mean we just got in the opinion column business couple weeks ago mm -hmm. we'd never really written opinions until we got to the point where we felt like our publication was in a spot to do it and again it's not even our opinions it's we're you know we have opinions from people who are experiencing things that we don't experience uh and are providing colors to what their experience looks like so yeah that's that's something that for me is um is really interesting and i it's it's not 
an issue. I think that's the biggest thing that you mentioned. I think it's the fact that people can go on LinkedIn and they're not bombarded. There's still some, like, don't get me wrong. Yep. But they aren't bombarded with the fact that Aunt Jean likes ex-president and <laughs> Uncle Bob likes Y president. There's hundreds of hateful comments or, or whatever it is. And, you know, LinkedIn is built for professional networking. And I feel like it's just to kept the discourse there mm-hmm. to a point where people, in my opinion, enjoy going on because there is some intent behind going there, right? You're either working or you just want to know how to do your job better or you're seeing cool things about your job or other things like that. And so I think that's what's the fascinating part about LinkedIn. And I don't think they position it very well, quite frankly. I think people could see LinkedIn as a more powerful tool, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it's better for us that they don't because yeah. then we get to take advantage of it. So, um, yeah, I think it, for those who take advantage of LinkedIn, it's a it's a huge opportunity. I think teams could do a lot of cool stuff with it too. Um, but it's just, unfortunately, it's not sexy like some of these other ones. Sure, sure. So you brought up a couple of interesting things. You know, one, obviously, politics and, and two, opinions. Uh, one of the things that it's been very difficult uh, for the overall consumer base or, or readers or people just looking for information is to get really straightforward, unbiased news. And I think from your platform, you know, it's always been very matter of fact. You're reporting on the business side of it. You know, there, there hadn't seemed to be any real sort of political divisiveness or any topics that, you know, you're going to create you know, turmoil within the platform or, or what have you. Have you have you seen, especially in this environment now with, with COVID and, and politics and, and how that all sort of has impacted sports, have you seen any engagement or response to some of the, um, the articles that you've published or the news stories that you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like uh, colleges right now, right? You know, there's a lot of controversy happening within the collegiate space as to whether campuses are going to be open to students and, you know, therefore what student athletes are going to do. So uh, talk to us a little bit about that and, you know, in this current environment and uh, if you have any anecdotes or stories or, or um, experiences with, with that. Sorry, I was talking into a muted mic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think... Um, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't, we really haven't run into any of that. I think the issue is, is because it's just, we just cover the news, you know, like mm-hmm. we just cover the news matter of factly. We don't try to interject ourselves. Um, we don't try to interject ourselves into various discussions where we don't, um, where we don't believe or we don't need to, to be in. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, you know, one of the things that I think, has been again positive about our platform is it's just the news, right? Like we're just covering the news. We're writing about the news. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity for us to continue to be more critical in certain places. And that's just going to come with the, you know, the growth of our journalism and the, you know, the advancement of our journalistic staff. But yeah, I think for the most part, the only time you really get that stuff is if you give that stuff. So if you're, if you're, if you want politics to follow you around then you're basically what happens is you're giving it out, right? Just like anything. Uh, and so because with us we're there's no side either way, it doesn't matter if you're blue, green, yellow, black, whatever. Um, we're just reporting on the news and, and what's happening and, you know, matter of factly reporting on that. So I think that's, uh, I think that's the, 
I think that's the biggest thing that I is is positive um, from this is that we don't get caught up in. I wouldn't say like the doom scrolling or some of that other stuff. Yeah, there's negative headlines and obviously there's always going to be negative headlines, but not to the quite level that I think you'll see other places. Um, yeah. You know, just because it's like we're not covering, I guess, a lot of the day-to-day lifestyle stuff. So right. that's, um, yeah. Well, I, I, as a reader, like I said, I mean, I, I, I hope that doesn't change selfishly because I do appreciate that approach. And like, yeah, you know, it's not going to change. Outside of going to, you know, BBC or, you know, some like for traditional news, it's very hard to just get, you know, information without any agenda. Right. And so uh, it's great to hear that that's your approach. Do you do you ever do you see down the line any possibility that, you know, there may be a change in that philosophy and you know do you encroach on the the bar stool space where it's no, no, very no, no, controversial no, no. yeah okay. no never yeah. it just doesn't doesn't make sense you know it doesn't it really doesn't make sense for us to get down that way i don't that's not our brand that's not who we want to be that's not what we want to stand for um you know we'll never get in the dead dead spin side of things we're just going to cover the news right, right? right. we're going to cover what's going on in the news and i think that's the you know, and if the news is bad, then we'll cover it. If the news is good, then we'll cover it. Right. <laughs> like, right. you know, I, I don't think there's a, a lean towards a lean towards any different type of, I guess, you know, area. Right. It's not like it's not like we're not going to cover something because something is bad. If right. Something is bad and it's the news. We're going to cover it. Yep. If it's not the news, then I'm probably not going to cover it. Uh, and then when we're reporting all of our original stuff, same thing. We'll report positively if something needs to be reported positively and report negatively if it's something negatively. And, you know, Ian and the team, that that's their oversight. And they, you know, they know what our kind of like editorial standards are and guidelines are. So I don't really see, I don't, I don't really have an impact on that anymore. But yep. that is definitely something that, you know, again, it's just, there's no agenda. There's never has been. It's just what's, what's interesting, what's cool, what's the news. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, I, uh, I I think I read it on your site that um, and, it, and it did not get any coverage or at least I didn't see it. I can't I can't, you know, make that statement unsubstantiated, but I saw it on your site solely uh, about NASCAR over the last few races of them being ahead of the curve in terms of allowing fans at a minimum inside their events you know these are outdoor uh, events obviously but you know they were selling tickets uh, very controversial for the time obviously but you know yeah. the, the way that it was presented was okay here's what nascar is doing you know um well essentially i, I don't know if there's been any follow-up in terms of you know uh, contact tracing or if any any exposure to uh, covid or anything yeah, of that that's nature. A good but, point yeah i mean but it was it was honestly refreshing to read something like that to give a little glimmer of optimism but it wasn't you know it wasn't your agenda to politicize it right it was just here's what happened here's what's happening with nascar correct yeah. yep yeah 100 so you, you had recently went through a rebrand you want to talk to yes. a little bit about that i know that we're we're kind of wrapping up here on time but uh yeah we'd love to lo- hear a little bit about the rebrand what, what initiated and and where it's going yeah so the idea was to really it, it's just again it's this whole idea of building a, a news business right like we want to be the politico of sports i've said that ad nauseum and how do we make sure that we're we're putting that out right like we're actually being forward thinking in that so 
for me and for us, I think it's the most important thing to, to really, if we're going to, if we want to be a, a news publication, we need to feel like a news publication. If we want to be a premium publication, we need to feel like a premium publication. And so while I love the old FOS logo and, you know, kind of just what we had done, we didn't feel like lowercase felt like that, right? All lowercase logo, we felt kind of uh, a little bit weak. It doesn't feel as strong as we want it to be. Uh, the font was a little bit, you know, it didn't work across the board as well as we would have liked it to. Um, and so, yeah, there was just a, a bunch of different factors. And it was really just about plussing up the brand, right? Like it, it's, <laughs> we've gone through too many rebrands, but that's what happens when you're not, a, you know, a venture backed media company from day one, right? And you, yeah. you're going to go through changes, you're going to evolve. And that, that's not a bad thing. And, but it's just, it's so funny. And we also, as part of that, got frontofficesports.com. We had never had the domain, the full domain before. So it's basically like, I want people to come in, onto our site and be like, all right, we, I get a New York Times or I get a Wall Street Journal or I get a, you know, um, Washington Post or like those types of vibes, right? When I go on your site and like, that's what we tried to build. And I think, you know, I think we've done that. And I think it's really something that we're proud about. The reception has been great. And then some of the things that we have planned, it's just like, how do we continue to integrate? The whole idea is it's, so it's, we're a business publication covering the sports industry. Like that's the whole idea, right? Which is very different than a sports industry covering the business of sports. And right. like, that's like where our differentiator is. And we want to make sure that, okay, if we're a business publication covering the sports industry, we need to feel like it. We need to cover stocks and finance. We need to cover who's the markets that are moving. We need to cover what like these different adjacent industries, like I said, that are technically in sports, but don't really be seen as quote unquote sports. Right? So that was all about kind of taking this idea of credence of switching from being a sports business publication to a business publication that covers sports and wrapping it all into one with the new rebrand and then the launch. And so I think that was the, quite frankly, the best part of COVID is that we were able to take a step back and get things right. But that was honestly what probably the biggest project from a COVID standpoint. And it was definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, coincidental that you uh, you mentioned that because we are under a rebrand ourselves, and you yeah. know um, our creative director kind of took it upon himself to spend that COVID time <laughs> in quarantine yeah. Yeah. to really work through a couple of different options. And uh, you know, you can see here uh, on my shirt, Adam, this is the new logo that we're, we're rolling yeah, out, good. and um, you know, we're super proud and pumped. And you know, one of the things similar to what you had just said is that, you know, we're, we're going through a new website um, rebrand as well. And it's, you know, it's really the maturity of the business and that'll evolve in your brand. And, and so it's important to, to be flexible to change. And one of the things that I had always said internally is, you know, we'll rebrand when the time, when there's a reason to rebrand, right? And you just don't yep. want to do it for the sake of like a cool new t-shirt. You want to, you know, you want to make a statement, you want to have a reason and you want to kind of escalate yourself and, and, and show the transition. Um, so I, you know, kudos to your new site. I, I love the bold look, um, the Thank capital you. letters, absolutely. And uh, very easy to digest the news feed and um, so why don't we, for those that do not follow you, Mr. Uh, Twitter, top Twitter account, why don't you tell us, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us where to find you in front office sports and, um, you know, so we can, uh, kind of get you more, more eyes on your site. Yeah. So like I said, frontofficesports.com for the first time ever, which is great. Um, you know, we're still at the old Twitter handle at F-R-N-T-O-F-F-E. O-F-F-I-C-E-S-P-O-R-T. That'll change too, uh, sooner rather than later. Just happened to be 
we got what we wanted to get and Twitter uh, Twitter had their hack and we couldn't change it. So TBD mm-hmm. on what's next there, but uh, will definitely be helpful. Um, and then on Instagram, it's just front office sports spelled out. Same as the, the domain. And then myself personally on, on Twitter is just at FOS Adam. All right. Well, Adam, I hope you get to enjoy the rest of your afternoon if you can Thank you. stay awake and uh, make it through the week. <laughs> yeah, stay awake. Is true. I, that's, that's what happens when I uh, work out at five in the morning. I hear, you know, I, 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 there's not many of us, but when email communication is firing away at 6.30 or 7 a.m., I got I to, gotta, you know, that unspoken nod to you. So I, yeah, I appreciate exactly. it. If I can get it in before it, if yeah. I can get it in before all that stuff happens, <laughs> it makes it so much easier for the rest of the day. Yeah, well, I, I appreciated our early morning communication and, and continued um, communication. And so we, yeah. we hope to, um, again, you know, have, have any type of uh, presence on your site and, you know, stories. And so we appreciated everything that you've done for us in the past and me personally with being on uh, your Shot Callers uh, series. And so um, I hope to repay the favor and, you know, we'll just continue to grow together in this industry. That's it. That's All it. Right. All right, James. Well, All I really right. appreciate it, man. Thanks you for having me it. on.